Boys out of college. Eight weeks in the books. And a fine, entertaining eight weeks they have been, if I do say so myself. Here to recap it all and much more with a few surprises. T-Bell, E-Doggy-Dog, we are back for the attack. No guests this week. It's going to be hard to top last week because Jack came on, planned for one hour, stayed for two. Gave us a bonus hour. So it's going to be hard to top last week, but damn it, we are going to try our hardest because, E, we've got one hell of a midseason special for these guys this week, don't we? Yeah, you know, that's a great way to put it, Trent. We got we got somewhat of a mid-season special. It's a, it's a special tune-in, I would say, into this week this week's look at the league. And it, we're doing things a little bit different today. So to start, and by the way, I want to comment on, we did. We did we, it's always nice when you get that bonus hour out of the old Jack Gamini. He's a busy guy. It's good that we can get, get him for all the time we can get. And but, Gavin, um, Gavin speaking for the league when he said, they don't care. We don't care if we go over an hour. We so, don't care. So, here we are. So, Trent, I would like to start off the show today with something unprecedented in this league. We have never in the history of this league seen something quite like I have. Um, I've got, I had my people working, I had my people digging, and I have something that is worth showing the league. It has been, it has been sent to me, it has been. It has been spoken highly of and requested that we show it on this podcast. We have, unprecedentedly, the first diss track from you. From, from We have the first. I already know who it's from. I already know. From the manager of The Feeling. And we want you guys to listen to it for the first time here on the weekly notes tune in check it out here we go beat straight from flint town you know what it is y'all gonna have to play this back a couple times shout out cb eating pancakes like a boss if you was in the league i'd be golfing in the coast looking in the mirror and reflecting for a long time can i go back to the draft and press the rewind up Taylor Richardson, I probably should have left behind some shitty trades. I probably should have declined. Lost to Trev last night. Jimmy G ran out of energy. Sack after stack, that boy looking like an amputee. That loss really burned me. It left me with third degree. Gotta shake it off. Put the ligers in the scope and blow their head off JF Kennedy. It's five season. I'll have to do it without Ridley. Taylor versus the Panthers, that's an easy 23. The season for the feeling finna be a true classic. Put the pressure on him, he won't break like some weak plastic. Took some L's early, but we bounced back. Straight elastic in the league with all the homies, man. It feels fantastic. Hold up. Let me talk my shit. Chillin' in the D, and we rockin' with the Lions. Honolulu Blue, man, we rockin' with Hawaiians. Call me bandwagon, and we can take it to the tramp. Body slam and pin you down just like a C-clamp. Disrespect me, and I'll pack it like a llama. Drop the bomb on your team spank. I think I'm Osama. You won't hear me comin'. Cause real G's move in silence like some garden gnome Me and all my dogs sit together like some silicone Run a streak like Tyreek, I'll fade you without a comb I'll pee on your dome if you don't get out of my throne Moon had a flame, but Kid Karch had a smother Thanks to big games from CD and Kamara QB scandal full effect, please don't add another Drop my man Garner, help out your brother's brother Week 11 circled in red, I don't believe the curse Get your ass out of the throne, but don't forget your purse Last week, the voice had some things to say about me. Shout out to all the dogs and shout out Aubrey. Boys out of college, the village where we come from. Boys out of college, I got their backs since day one. Boys out of college, the village where we come from. Boys out of college, I got their backs since day one. 
One still in college, that boy Breezy got some promise. Team something nice like the ankle Michael Thomas. Sparty squad like a golem cross with the wizard. Trade me Brees Hall and I'll give you Alan Lizard. Losing to Clarkie in 21 really cut me deep. Now that Shepherd's team out here looking like some freaking sheep. You know what they say, what you sow, you will also reap. Yeah, but on a Thursday, it's a work night, you should have been asleep. Week after week, I'm in awe of all the disrespect. Get the flying Dutchman flowers, cause they out here twisting necks. Probably think I'm dick riding, but I'm not erect. Navy building teams like the master architect. Spencer's team's that guy. Ain't no need to justify. Demo over Somerset, I'ma ride till I die. Rock City got a squad, cause he's a strong drafter, knocking off teams, forget about him, couple weeks after, league on his back, he can hold it like a strong bladder, but Mahomes versus the Broncos had me holding back laughter, Filipinos falling short, but your team performing, if you need inspiring, read Philippians 413, Rob hit my line, trying to trade me Ronaldo, I hit him back, like that ain't the right Vivaldo, countering your trades, it's like I hit a wall though, trying to find a good player, like where's Waldo, same with Bird, dropping turds, in other words, your team's absurd, it's like two thirds of mine, E hit my line, need the spot like two can die, eight nine nine, lunch time, it's a vibe. Trade me hurts, that boy really out here dropping dimes. Starting Jaron Hall, feel like I'm committing several crimes. On a real note, I appreciate the love, brother. Pod the highlight of my week, I'm feeling for another. Boys out of college, the villas where we come from. Boys out of college, I got their backs since day one. Boys out of college, the villas where we come from. Boys out of college, I got their backs since day one. Dude, that is that that's that's money. I love that. That Isn't was that, that was phenomenal. Isn't that it, we have a generational talent in this league and his name is Gavin Petty. And say what you want to say about the song, say what you want to say about Gavin. Nobody is putting in the extra hours of work to release that song. And I I, I have a couple takeaways Trent, but I've already had the chance to sit with my thoughts a little bit. I want to hear what you have to say upon initial because because that was Trent's first listen, everybody. Trent just yes. listened to that for the first time. Trent, what do you think? So so Ethan texted me at about what was that? Let me look at the timestamp. Oh, 615. So I was so excited. <laughs> I was like a kid on Christmas morning waiting to show you this song. I was so excited. Ethan texted me. He said, I got a surprise for you for because you know we're talking about planning out the pod and everything. He's like, I got a surprise for you too. And I'm like, okay, cool. What could this possibly be? <laughs> I'm like, what what are we doing? Like, In we got a guest. Are we, are we you have guessed what if what if like are we having Tyreek Hill on the podcast? Like, what's happening? Then Gavin drops this. Gavin, props to you because that is not that was not some rinky dink kindergarten project oh that no. was like a legitimate original beat wasn't it I, i've never heard that before is it yeah yeah i mean he, he probably got it off youtube to be found honest. it somewhere either yeah. way it's it's not like it's not like he took the low-hanging fruit of like he just you know yeah a lil wayne song and then just copied the flow like gavin did his own thing gavin shouted out everybody there was i mean you called a diss track i feel like that wasn't really it wasn't a whole lot of dissing going on it was, well okay I'll, I'll say this. I wasn't expecting John F. Kennedy to catch some strays in that, but <laughs> there, no, there's a couple bars that I wanted to talk about. And <laughs> the, the JFK one was a good one, but um, I like something that I thought was so funny about the song was like the, like you said, the dialect change. It went, it almost looked like it went through like a Rick Ross phase to start us out yes. then we went into like a Lil Wayne, Lil Wayne touched on J rock, Jay Z a little bit, but um, that was so funny. And I don't, if you're listening to this and you don't really follow the league that much, maybe if you're in the league and you're friends with Gavin, this is not his first song. 
Okay, this is not his first song, but Gavin, well, I, I gotta, actually, I got to be the first one to comment. The production value has come a long way, and your rapping has come a long way, a hundred percent. And I'll be the first one to sit here and say that I was genuinely bopping my head a little bit when I was listening to that in the car, specifically the part where he's like holding back laughter at the very end, like that last kind of verse. I loved it. Um, Trent, I want to throw it to you one more time, and then I got one more thing I want to say about the song that I absolutely loved. Well, I just want to say, I mean, Rob can comment on this. When you try to write a song, it's difficult, especially to, it's hard to come up with like a hook, a catchy hook. Gavin had a hook throughout that song. Credit mm-hmm. to Gavin. It's not like that was just a two minute, just freestyle. That was like hook, verse, hook, verse, hook, you know, since yeah. day one, Gav. Right. Very well done. Very well done, Gavin. Impressive. And, you know, I got to give credit where credit's due because he's definitely not going to say it. He came up with this song in like two days. Like all of this was written and produced in a span of two days. And then he sent it in yesterday. And like I told him it was going up and he was like, for show, for show. But this, I think he's had this thought for a week now. And yeah, so he did all that in a span of a couple days. Just absolutely phenomenal. But I specifically, my favorite part of the song was the juxtaposition between him saying like him trying to make it non-explicit and say like freaking instead of fucking. And then um, two lines later, immediately shoots at dick riding. He was like, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, he was like doing freaking something. I ain't dick riding. And it's like, whoa, it's like, hold on, hold on. What are we? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I love that. Total. It was so on brand. That's a perfect way to put it. So on brand. But Gavin. Uh, we're, yeah. We're glad you guys liked that. Maybe you did. Gavin, you're a freaking legend, man. Never, um, ever ever change gav never change that was incredible very impressive also i'm gonna i'm gonna close this little uh anecdote with a request i need i need something from jack come on jack get on it i need something from jack right now also trevor trevor can rap a little bit but yeah i'd love to see the league come together you know put a little uh change in the world song like from the 2010s when they'd get all those artists together to like do oh my god we'll do like man in the mirror or something (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 Something like that. On spring break in 2019, so freshman year of college, uh, me, Jack, Spence, Rob, Cole, I think uh, Tommy was there too. But as far as the guys in the league, I'm pretty sure that was the squad. We went to um, some random ass place in Florida. I don't remember. I think it was like Anna Maria Island. That's what it was, Anna Maria Island. Couldn't even point to it on a map if I tried. So we went there and like Jack and I just freestyle rapped all week. And it was, some of it was really good. Some of it was terrible, yeah. but it was so fun. So I need Jack yeah. to get in the studio. Come on, Jack, come through. You got, if you're going to freestyle, if you're going to freestyle, you got to be able to like, look at it and be like, man, I wasn't that good. Like, I feel like there's a lot of stigma. People are yeah. afraid to kind of go in on that because they sound stupid and it sounds stupid sometimes, but like, that's okay. You know, <laughs> it's, it's more than okay. It's beautiful and we need more of it. So yeah. let's do it. I just can't help but think of me and Jack at 19 years old drinking Hennessy on the beach, being completely obnoxious, thinking that we are prime Drake and Jay-Z. Freestyling. Talking shit to people we don't even know and just, yeah, whatever. All right. So, E, with that, are we allowed to move into our week eight recap? Yes, we are absolutely ready to move into our week recap. And folks, hang on. on. Oh, you got it? 
I just want to say, start the music. All right, starting in the East Division, we had a fiery matchup between Lickety Split and Still in College. Still in College with an eight-point victory to make Ethan lose this week. Trent, what do you think on this one? The stoplight goes from a smooth green arrow to a disheartening deep blood red stopping Lickety Split deep in his tracks as Still in College takes the W. Aubrey. With 13 points, that is a weak high for kickers leading Dave to victory. And as always, hashtag Black Bear Nation. All right, moving into the other matchup in the Eastern Division, we had Sparty Squad routing the Filipinos by a total score of 17 points on the road. Trent, hit me with it. Over the last couple weeks, the talking heads have voiced their sympathy and empathy for one Zach Fillmore, but Zach throws the bad juju in the mix as he switches his logo to a photo of that cheating bastard, Connor Stallions, and the Sparty Squad says, here's a sign for you. L, what's that say? <laughs> Devin has the boys looking scary, although Kirk Cousins' Achilles injury might be even scarier. Dev, we'll see how you bounce back. Oh, God, this is great. This is great. Moving into the South Division, where Trevor holds his number one position with a six 18 23 point victory over the feeling not feeling like the feeling much anymore if there was ever any doubt over who listens to the pod and who does not trevor gelfius does because trev said trent you want to put me in the doghouse let me take that golden throne back from you sucker and welcome back cowboys defense showing up 21 points and trev goes as the cowboys go gavin remains in quarterback hell as Tyrod Taylor is out, Jimmy G is benched despite the Raiders wishing him a happy 32nd birthday on Twitter today, and Deshaun Watson continues to pay for his sins. Upset alert, upset alert. We head over to the other matchup in, in the South Division, and we see Brad upsetting the number two now team and member of this pod team, Troy Rock City, by a whopping two points. Another award-winning listener, Brad Sanders. Brad said, you want to call me Vanilla Trent? You say I got nothing going on? You say I'm the kid at the Halloween party in sixth grade that talks to nobody and eats his ice cream in silence? Boom! Hold this L. I played every single right guy, and yet nobody came through for your boy except for my Lions. And all of a sudden, we have the Lions bye week followed by Mahomes bye week. It's going to take a miracle for DRC to stay on top. We'll see where they go from here. But credit to Brad. A miracle indeed, a miracle indeed. For our next matchup, we head to the brisk, chilly North region, where in fact it was a cold matchup between Make Delmar Great again and the Flying Dutchman, a battle of two massive teams in this league, and we have a Spencer victory by 15 points. If Spence was a member of the Flying Dutchman crew, it was a mutiny this week as he marooned Nathan Willett after making him walk the plank and he said, I want every last ounce of that treasure. The Chiefs and the Niners come through for Spink in a week where the Chiefs kicker Harrison Butker outscores Patrick Mahomes, but I digress. Okay, we're going to the next matchup in the North region. Another cold one between two very cold teams. We have the Bass Pro Bombers barely beating the Chips Fever by a score of 2.64 points. Kyle with the victory. You talk about chill, Ethan. I'm reporting live here from the Tundra. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? It sounds like an airstrike, and it's a bomb. The Bass Pro Bombers pick up a tight win thanks to a nuclear week, pun absolutely intended, from 
Gus Edwards? Who saw that coming? Well done, Kyle and Chris. Can't catch a break despite Josh Allen's Herculean effort that somehow featured very minimal Stefan Diggs production. We're heading over to the wild, wild west, and we got the lawless teams playing here. Kid Karch edges out Hyde Mr. Moon by a score of 15 points. The moon is full for Dak and D-Hop, who combined for 70-plus, but all, all of a sudden, the low-scoring mystique of the moon is a bit duller than Michael Myers' knife the day after Halloween. Karch talks the talk and walks the damn walk this week as Jack and Mitchell remains a marquee rivalry in the league. And welcome to the show, Jameer Gibbs. And rounding out the entire weekly recap, the last matchup of the Wild Wild West, we have Ron Burgundy against Rick Dalton, two famous movie characters. And in this one, Clarky Boy will prevail by a score of 19, keeping Rick Dalton at the bottom of the barrel at one and seven. Now, Ethan, some smart sports pundits in America smell the stinker from Matthew Stafford coming from a mile away. And some of those same guys begrudgingly picked Clarky as the lock of the week. Hmm. Fear not, this is still a Rick Dalton podcast and always will be, although I would love to see America's favorite douchebag Aaron Rodgers out of the league. Rob, it might be time, brother. Need some new vibes in the facilities. And that is the week eight recap. Nice. <laughs> Dude, I was I was trying so hard not to crack up that entire time. That was hilarious. Hey, we hold it together like true professionals. We do, mostly. At least from my end. That was good. That was good. Little bit of a different format on the recap this week. Spoiler alert, we will not have predictions because we have a very unorthodox episode coming your way. Ethan, would you like to take the wheel, brother? So, yeah, I would love to take the wheel on this, Trent. We have, like Trent said, quite the unorthodox episode planned for you guys. Um, since it's the halfway point in the season, we didn't have any guests on. We thought we'd throw, still try our best to, you know, update you guys, keep things new, keep things fresh. So we have a different format where we are going to ask each other a couple different questions based on our views of the league so far. And then we are going to end this show giving out some mid-season awards. So first thing we're going to do is we're going to rattle off a couple questions back and forth. Me and Trent have not rehearsed these questions. We're answering them and seeing them for the first time. So uh, Trent, can I ask you my first question? Well, of course. What you got? My first question is, who would you like to see more of? And that can mean as anything as you like. More in the chat, more in the league, more on the podcast. Who would you like to see more out of? Hmm. You know what? Hmm. This is a great question. I think... I Okay. I love Spencer's whole villain shtick or whatever he's got going on. You got at some point, Spence. I mean, you're 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 top three in this league right now, says the rankings. Talk a little more. Let's go. I know Spencer did today kind of throw out the you know, very heartfelt. He said, Hey, who wants to like get hammered and play football in the backyard over Thanksgiving? I, everyone was like, Yeah, sounds great. Like a fantastic but, idea. Spence, I need you to talk your shit. Come on, let's go. That's what I want to see more of in the chat. But Spence, by the way, it, it, that's a terrible answer because he did come on the podcast, and most of these motherfuckers haven't done that. So I don't know. Do you have an answer to that question? E? Yeah, I have a couple answers to that question, as a matter of fact. But, I mean, I don't hate that play at all. I don't hate the play of Spencer. I just think Spencer Spencer's done enough at this point to where he can bump his gums a little bit. Right. Oh, say it with your chest, Spence. Come on. The league is waiting. Yeah, he said – he hold on. He plays that villain shtick, but, like, he's not really – like you say, he's talking to talk, but he's not really walking the walk. Like, I don't, I don't know if anybody else really views him as a villain. 
Put on the black hat, Spank. Put it on. Yeah, if you're going to be a villain, embrace it. Embrace the villain role. Listen, man, I got to see more out of Nate. I'll be honest. I I know, like, you have your whole thing against Nate, but I have – and it's the same reason. Nate is a veteran of this league. Nate has done what he's done. I got to see more out of this guy, Uh, whether that be on the podcast. He's a great analytical mind. He he has an eye for the game of football. Um, It's very smart, very smart dude. But I, I'd love to see this guy talk a little bit more in the chat, talk his shit like you were saying. I know, and I know that's not really the Nate card. I know Nate doesn't really play that game, which I respect it. But, Nate, you are a storied manager in this league, and you have every right to talk your talk because we're, we are all wrong sometimes. You know, like it's okay to take that. But I want to see more out of Nate. I want to see more out of Nate Willett. So I'm very glad you said that because if I would have said that, that would have been the low-hanging fruit because I've, yep. been waiting to, I've been waiting to see more out of Nate since the Obama administration because that was when his last championship was, yet we talked yep. about it like, like last week. So, Nate, yep. I agree. You walked the plank this week. Spence pushed you off with his little swashbuckling uh, – what, what are those called? Epe. He took his epe. And uh, I was going to show- say the, the scepter. The scepter. <laughs> That's wrong. The rapier. Yeah. yeah. What, Get into sword history. Yeah, Cutlass. The, cut, the Cutlass. Yeah, that's that's the name, I think. Okay, there we go. All right, E, I've got a question for you. Hit me. In, in the spirit of Mitchell versus Jack delivering another classic, what's your favorite rivalry to follow in this league? Now, it doesn't need to be a specific – like, it doesn't need to be – you know how we have rivalry week? We have the official rivals like minus Chris. We, it doesn't need to be that. It can be okay. any two guys in this league that you like to see every time they go against each other. Every time they talk shit to one another, who's your pair? Oh, that's a that's a really good question, Trent. And like, I honestly just want to take a second to look through the teams. But um, I mean, when you look when you look at a, your favorite rivalry, you really just are looking for like when are the most fireworks flying? And to be honest, there's two there's two matchups that come to mind. One was just said, uh, the Moon and Kid Karch. I think those are both just. Very large egos, and it totally works. It totally works with the season, with the with the way that this game is played. But the other one is Nate Willett and Matthew Clark. I think <laughs> listen, that really that really gets those two guys out of their shell. And like I said, I want more out of Nate, and he always talks when it's Clarky. And like Nate will Nate will whoop anybody's ass by fifty. But as soon as he beats Clarky by two points. You know that text is coming on Tuesday morning, like, huh? Not as crazy. Couldn't have been me. <laughs> and it's like it, it was it was clockwork. Like it's I love the Nate Clarky rivalry because yes, you know for yes. Nate, it always means a little bit more, and Clarky especially too. So definitely the Nate Clarky matchup. Yeah. So I wanted to go with a that's a great answer, by the way. I feel like that's the that's a correct favorite. answer. Yeah. I will say that. That's the correct answer. Um, I will go off the board a little bit and break the rules because I'm allowed to do that. Um Mitchell versus anybody is hilarious to me. I if, yeah. if Mitchell Mitchell is in the in the chat <laughs> talking shit to anybody, or he's coming on here talking about Club and Stone and all this shit, <laughs> he's comparing dudes to Game of Thrones characters. Like Mitchell against literally anybody is appointment television. So Mitch, I give it to you. And this is a compliment, by the way. It's good for the league. It's very good yeah. for the league, and it's great for the show here. I think Mitchell just has a way with words and he's just so animated and he's so good at articulating. And we saw it on the podcast, you know, with all those analogies, yeah. I don't know if they were planned if they're, or if they're on the spot either way, like he, he was 
he says things that tick you off just enough. And like me and Mitchell have gotten into it a couple of times. And like, I'm usually not somebody that like, likes to butt heads with people, but Mitchell is somebody where I like, I, I definitely butt heads with him at times. And like, oh, he, hold on. He know he knows how to touch that nerve. He, he he's a masterful button pusher. He touches the nerve and he makes you come back at him. It's not like, it's not like you just can turn the cold shoulder to this guy. Like he's the, the, the he's shit the he says. He's the cobra coming out of the pot on the side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to dance for him if you don't want him to snap. You know what I'm saying? You got to do the dance. Otherwise, he's going to snap at you. So yeah. I love I love that play. Um, let me head into my second question here. Trent, this one specifically for you. If the play, this might start some drama. Great. If the playoffs ended today, who are you least afraid of? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, that's a good question. Let me, let me, you know what? I might. So I got, I got the playoffs right now. If you want me to read them. Oh yeah, go for it. So if the playoffs ended today, Spencer would make the playoffs. Trevor would make the playoffs. David would make the playoffs. Karch would make the playoffs. Those are the division winners from there. You would have a wild card. Nate would have a wild card. Devin would have a wild card and I would have a wild card. So that was our Fairly easy answer here, and this is no – again, I love everyone in this league. It's got to be David. Motherfucker scored 37 points in a game one time. I'm not afraid of David. Sorry. <laughs> Black Bear Nation, though. All, Black Bear all Nation, time. rise up. Northeast, rise we, up. Th- mind you, not, not to revisit this because, David, I don't want to just dump salt in the open wound here, but I'm going to do it for a second because we killed Clarky. Like, we gave Clarky the guillotine for scoring 56, and then David scored damn near 20 less than that the following week like that's just bad that's awful it's horrendous can i give you a play that not can i give you a play that not a lot of people are talking about sure i i don't know okay i don't know if i'm least afraid of but i'm gonna tell you a team that i would not be afraid of at all okay and that's mr trevolution oh no i i I, listen i think he's got a good team he's earned his number one spot but I think when push comes to shove, he peaked at the wrong time. It's a long season, and I'm not too thrilled about his roster. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. Um, but, yeah, my pick would be Trevor. And that might, Again, ruffle some feathers. Say what you want to say. We're just talking heads here. We're just talking heads. But uh, yeah. that was my question number two. If you want to speak on that. No, I just I, – I look, everyone knows. I've been, uh, to use Gavin's word, dick riding Trevor all season. I think Trevor has and, – and look, it's 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 been warranted. He is number one in the league. I'm number two. He and I have been duking it out. We're both six and two in the South Division. Y'all are a bunch of scrubs, neither here nor there. But we're playing again this week. Sparks are going to fly. And if I lose this week, that'll be two in, a, two in a row, two L's in a row. So, I mean, I don't really like that justification because I would – You, know, you got an asterisk next to this matchup, man. You well, got the whole team out. I well, and I've lost two games by a combined two and a half points. But it's just it, look. Every year I go into the Lions bye week, or I I go into the draft knowing the Lions bye week is just inevitably going to be a hell week for me. You, you got it. The fact that I I took Jerry Judy this year, who has the same bye week as the Lions, so it's just insult to injury. Oh. Then my backup Desmond Ritter decided to get concussed, so I had to pick up Taylor Heineke. For next week, when Mahomes is on the bench, it's just it's it might start to snowball here. I need James Conner back for my RA set, but whatever. We're not here to go down that rabbit hole. I'll throw my second question at you, which is 
this is this is uh, admittedly this is a bit of a stupid question, but I just wanted to bring up some some league history. What's your <laughs> do you have a scandal or controversy in league history that comes to mind? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'll, oh I'll tell God. you mine real quick while while you think because this this was jarring when this happened. Okay, it I'm might gonna, be the same one. I'm gonna take you back to 2016. When Lance Adif was in the league for one season and traded Mitchell David Montgomery for like some practice squad dude, and everyone was like, "There is clearly David Johnson that year was like the number one overall pick." There was clearly some handshakes under the table or some money exchange or something. And when everyone confronted Lance about it in the group chat, he just said, "I'm dead," with a bunch of laughing faces. <laughs> <laughs> so that's mine. Wait, so that was Lance and who? Karch, I believe. Oh, geez. Karch has got, listen. Mitchell, I apologize if I'm just dragging your name through the mud there. I think it was you. You correct me if I'm wrong. Um, This one also comes back to Karch. And this is, this is the moment where I knew me and Karch were going to have a problem because I think this one affected Karch. But, um, and I, I don't want this to go unsaid. All, I'm leaving out all of the talks about the division conference, like playoff bullshit. Like that's not controversy scandal. I remember a specific year, and I don't remember what year this was, but it was when we were in high school. I there was this was a mistake by me. I take full ownership. There was something that had happened, like and it end the game ended on a kicker missing an extra point. I think Trevor was involved in this. I think and pre-league, I forgot to make it minus points for missing a PAT. And I went back and I changed it middle of the le- middle of the year, and it altered that loss or that win into a loss. And I think Mitchell ended up losing because I changed the stat. And that was when I immediately, from that moment, was like, "I'm not doing shit during the season, and every rule that I change is going to be democracy." Because that almost got me booted from the commissioner seat. And I remember, I remember that he, and maybe Mitchell can shed some light on this whole scenario because I remember he was the one that was absolutely lit up about it. So that was, that's my, that's a good question. Though. I love that question. Cause there's I just always remember, some controversy in here. I remember you step into the podium the following year and we just booed the shit out of you. Yeah. As a you just, yeah. well, well, deserved. <laughs> I was young. I was afraid of the public. I, I needed, to, <laughs> I needed to, to get the praise. You know, I needed that the fandom on my side, and it just it was not working. So, uh, switched it up a little bit. But um, great question, Trent. I love that. So my last question, my third question here is: When you look at the rest of the season again, I want you to kind of take this question and run with it a little bit. Who needs to make something happen? Who needs to make something happen? Whether okay, so I'll tell you how I looked at this. There are a lot of teams, and this is going to be a rant. So maybe I do want to let you go first. Who needs to? I I think I know what you're getting at here, and my answer is pretty simple. I'm going to go with someone who has been in this league since the inception. Someone who I'm going to give some flowers to in a bit. So stay tuned, Um, because I think he's run a clean operation for better part of a decade now. Devin's got a good team this year, and. With this Kirk Cousins injury, I think it'd be a shame if you let that derail your season because Devin Sparty Squad has as good a chance as anybody currently ranked, I think, fourth in the league. Yeah, fourth in the league right now. And 
I would just hate to see that go to waste. So, Dev, I'll give it to you. I think you got to make something happen. Get a quarterback. Uh, maybe he already has. I haven't really looked. But um, I'll, I'll, I'll say that because also Devin's someone who's he's made it to the final. I remember he lost to Nate one of those years. And he has never – correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think he's ever won. So no. maybe maybe this is the year he can go on a run. He's got a good team. There's my answer. Good. I like that. So, yeah, I said oh, – By the way, know, wait, wait, real quick, real quick. He's got Aiden O'Connell, Raiders backup, Aiden, who is now the starter. Yes, there you go. Aiden O'Connell. Um, by the way, if he just goes off this week, I'm, that's probably going to drive me right up a wall. But um, I so I said take this question and run with it. You ran with the the guy right on the edge of playoff contention. They need to make something happen. Just had a big injury. I love that answer. But listen, I got a bone to pick with everybody that's at the bottom of this league right now. Let me be very clear when I say this. There are six, including this week. There are six weeks left of regular season. Nort and Rob, you have one win, both of you, I believe, you have one win. If you go another week losing, you are basically eliminated from playoff contention. Well, yeah, I mean, they could win up, they could run the table and they'll be 500. But my problem is at what point, and me and my buddies were talking about this the other day, at what point do you look at your team and you say, shit ain't working, I'm selling everybody. You have to take a chance. You have to take a chance and get somebody you got a feeling about. Because if you're one and seven and you're the lowest scorers in the league, something ain't right. Use what you have, put some pieces together, and make a trade. It might not even be in your favor right away, but you got to take a chance. Complacency is a curse. You cannot be okay with sitting where you're at right now. And, and you know, I'm not saying go out and just like, give all your players away, pull Lance Adif and make some handshake deals. No, but I'm saying you got to avoid being the loser of this league. Right now, you guys are the favorites, and it's a battle of who's going to make a change. You can't just sit there with your team. You have to do something. I know if, if, if I was there, if I was where you guys were at, I would be chomping at the bit to just send all of my players out. You got to make a change. You need a different scenery. You got to have a different climate in that locker room. So that's my rant. Do something. Chris and Robbie, you got to make something happen. Even if that means just playing not to lose, you, you got to make something happen. In the wise words of the eloquent, legendary, dazzling, and potential sex offender, Michael Jackson, if you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make the change. This is... <laughs> This is your man in the mirror moment. Okay, this is another kind of a weird one. Who's the manager who you straight up don't take calls from? When you are in the facility and you are up at the, the you're sitting at the desk. For example, if Bill Belichick calls your office, you don't answer because you know he's going to fleece you. The flip side of that is if the Cardinals call you in 2023, you don't answer because they got nothing to give anybody. So who is the manager? It could be a, for a good reason or for a bad reason. Who, when they text you like, hey, just sent you a trade should check out my trade. Who, who are you just like, fuck no. Well, I guess I'll kind of use this as, as a little bit of a platform here. It originally was Gavin. It originally was Gavin for the wrong reasons. Like <laughs> I knew Man, that my on. back end, but, but that's you what I'm and Gavin. About. Yes. Go we for had it. a league altering trade. This was, this was quite the sweat of a deal. This wasn't just like, Oh, I sent you a trade. Oh, bet. I accepted it. This was days long of, back and forth 
talking it out, chumming it out. And it was the most like back and forth me and Gavin have ever had about a trade. Because like I said, before this week, he was somebody where I'd be like, bro, I am not about to trade Jalen Hurts and Mark Andrews for Josh Dobbs and Trey McBride. Like, it's just not going to happen. Like, that's just not even remotely close to where I'm at. And this is the most kind of back and forth we've ever had me and him. So, like, I love that. Now, let me be very clear. If I was not taking calls for a reason of your team stank, it would be Chris Northhouse. I would <laughs> not be taking calls. <laughs> I'd send him straight to the voice mailbox. Now, with that being said, Chris, going back, going back on my previous point, you and Rob need to be in everybody's DMs talking about some, hey, I got a deal for you. Because, again, you got to make something happen. But I, I, I'm telling you, I would let it just pass right on. I would let it, I would let it float on. Um, I'd, I'd shut him down with grace. Obviously, he's got Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. But I just don't see him ever giving those guys up. But, yeah, those are my two guys where I would potentially not do the deal. Yeah. I thought of this question because I got out of work today and I went and I laid by the pool in Florida and the beautiful state of Florida that is absolutely, by the way, you know how Florida, like there's all the jokes about Florida man and all that shit. Today I saw a school bus get pulled over by a cop car. The cops go into the bus and take out a high schooler with handcuffs. That was absolutely insane. I was like, I was like, I have arrived in Florida. I digress. (laughs) Um, I'm sitting outside. I'm watching Dan Levitard with Stu Gatz or whatever, whatever was on at the time. I think it was that show. And they were talking about how the Giants should have traded Saquon to the Cowboys. And I'm thinking, why on earth would they do that? They're in the same division. The Cowboys could win the Super Bowl. Why would the Giants enable that? So in that vein, my answer to this question is Trevor. We're, we're, we're duking it out at the top of the South. We're both six and two. We're one and two in this league. We have been pretty much all season. I've got nothing but respect for a squad. I pick him to win like every single week. And if he's trying to get better and he thinks he can get better by poaching some of my guys, I ain't doing it because there's a very good chance that it's going to come down to me and Trevor to win that division or maybe even more. So that is all for my third question. So I'm curious, Trent, to hear the other side of that. Who is somebody where when they oh. call – you know that you're about to get pretty good of a deal or like pretty even at least. Like, you know, there's going to be some back and forth, some open communication. You know what? I'm not throwing this out there because we do this together. I would say you over the years, I, when I get, when I get a text or a call or an inquiry from Ethan, it is always fair. Never try to fleece me. Unlike Nathan oil trying to <laughs> I, just, it, it never, it just never ends with that guy. But I will say, yeah, E, it's always good dialogue. If I think it's bullshit, I'll tell you, and you'll just right. back off and be like, yeah, that's all right. That's fair. You know, we'll do, there's always a back and forth. It's never just a, hey, I offered you a trade. And then I'm like, no. And then you're like, fuck you. It's never like that. It's right, actually right. Like a, it's and a I'm, back and forth. I feel it's, like we don't have many people in the league that are that, like, ignorant. That would be like, oh, dude, I swear it's a good trade. Like, you don't even – like, Nate used to be like that, but I, don't, I think he's kind of tied <laughs> back a little bit. But, hey, I take a lot of pride in that trend, so I appreciate that. I genuinely try and be fair with those trades. Um, But if I – yeah, if I'm being honest about this, I think I have a lot of good dialogue with guys like Spencer and Trevor. I think there's definitely – like, Trevor's somebody who's always like, oh, if you don't like it, like, send a counter. Like, let's have some – let's, like, be open about this. And if it's it's not a deal, then it's not a deal. Like, you don't have to go through with it. but I appreciate that. I'm going to give my vote to Trevor. Trevor's always somebody who I feel like has an even keeled side to his trading ability. So 
I like the spin zone. I like the spin zone and flipping that question on its head and asking who would you do business with. That's a good, a good, good, good journalism. E way to put the way to put the reporter cap on. I will <laughs> say this is a good time for me to say, Nathan, I love you. I I know I shit on you all the time on here. It's all love. It's just out of joke. Like even said, you have toned it back quite a bit. But back in 2017, I was receiving the most ridiculous trade oh, offers yeah. from you, and I think everyone. I think everyone can attest to that. Now you were winning championships, so credit to you. But you know, you're the 1990s Dallas Cowboys. Go ahead, E. I will say, man, I've gotten some trades this year that have just been outrageous, and I will never like. I'm, I'm, and I know that like Jack is somebody who is notorious for clipping the trades and throwing them in the chat. That has got to be one of the most demeaning things I think I've ever seen, especially if somebody thinks it's a good deal, like. I will get the most outrageous trades. And I just, I've gotten a couple of them the past week that have just been like three guys that would be a free agent in any other league. And then somebody that's like just mid for like Jalen Hurts and Tony Pollard. And it's like, <laughs> oh, and then, no, the typical Nate line from 10 years ago. And like, I can't wait for the rest of the league to hear this. The, tell me I'm wrong. The, the go to Nate line was, you got to add some depth. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what what do I need depth for? I just I have the same starting lineup every week. I need a bench guy once, you know, like yeah, like you're telling me what I need. Look, like when, even though even though you got Patrick Mahomes, you're gonna need some depth at the quarterback position. Yeah, hey, hey, <laughs> you might want Justin Herbert for Patrick Mahomes bye week. Here, I will offer you <laughs> this. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, bro, bro. It, it gives you some depth, bro. Like. Yeah, uh, no, we're done with that. Wins. I will also say this real quick. Now we're we're just way off the rails, but you you have your third question still, right? I've asked my three. Oh, you've asked all three. Okay, well, I got a bonus for you. But before I get there, I I think it's funny that like if you watch or listen to any of these fantasy experts talk, which by the way I hate that because I just don't think if you're a fantasy football expert on ESPN, you are just asking to get butchered because. Whether a guy starts or – it's 50-50. You're going to get half praise and half criticism, it's, and right? It's, nobody's an expert, too. That's like, what I'm saying. The same thing is like being a handicapper. Like no one's 100% all the time. Like you right. might be better than average, but like I'm not going to take advice from some dude that – like a self-proclaimed expert. Like you know what yeah. I'm saying? Well, but, except you, except for the source, Stu Feiner. StuFeiner.com, <laughs> 15-15-30. I'm going to kill you well, both, Mike. Going but even what, further off the rails. Or sorry, did you want to close that point? What I was what I was gonna say was anytime I hear any of these guys talk, they're like waiver wire this week, pick up Darnell Henderson. I'm like, that motherfucker's been picked up for four weeks in this draft because we got 16 teams in this league. <laughs> yeah, give me a fantasy, give me a fantasy expert for a 16-man league. Give me yeah, they're like, hey, Khalif Raymond in the slot for the Detroit Lions, pick him up. I'm like, that dude got drafted in like the sixth round. <laughs> yeah. Bro is drafted, he's a starter on somebody's team, you know. But um <laughs> Going even further off the rail on that fantasy expert thing, I just watched a video of I, I like I'm on golf YouTube and I watched I watched a, a, a video of a guy playing Bryson DeChambeau in an 18 hole course, and just to hear Bryson DeChambeau, do you know who that is, Trent? Of course. To hear Bryson DeChambeau just spew utter nonsense about like what's going on in his head about like oh it's a two percent slope. So I'm he's a head case. He's a head case. He's a head case. So he gets to the green and he's like. It's a 2% slope. I know this is about a 40 putt, but with the north wind and it's blowing down, I got to give it about a 37 straight line. And then to, to say all of that and then just to miss the putt, 
is like hilarious to me because it's the same thing as like these gamblers are like, oh, they're three and two on the road. Like they're five and one against the spread on a Tuesday night when it's below 50 degrees. And then just to see like them get smoked. And it's like at yeah. the end of the day, nobody's an expert, you know? I don't remember what tournament it was, but I remember watching Bryson DeChambeau. Like this is probably two or three years ago now. I was still in college. Shout out to David. Um, and I was drinking. I, I was just drinking, watching golf. And Bryson DeChambeau, all of a sudden, like he he wanted a he wanted a drop, a free drop, because he saw an ant or something. And there's like some rule about like if you see wildlife, you can you know what. I, and I just, I just remember dropped my beer, just dropped it. I was like, this guy, this fucking guy. What goes on inside of that guy's head is like, a, I would love a case study on that. That dude is yeah. just, the way he thinks is outrageous. I have never seen anything like it. But yeah, I see an ant. So give me a free drop here, even though don't mention the fact that I just hit it into the woods, but I see an ant. So let me get back on the fairway. That's Talk about somebody not minding to be the villain is Bryson DeChambeau. He does not care if he's the villain and he will own that. But he uh, also hasn't won anything meaningful, but that's neither here nor there. I have a fourth question for you before we move into some mid season awards, which absolutely mean nothing, but it's fun discussion, but they mean everything. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, I'm actually, I swear to God, this was written down on my phone before the Gavin diss track because Gavin dropped a bar that referenced this. But as I was coming up with these questions and I thought of the history of this league and I'm thinking the wheels get turning and I thought of Spencer and Gavin at the tramp. Gavin Gavin mentioned it in his diss tracks. So this is perfect. If Spencer and Gavin returned to the tramp, who wins? Oh my gosh. Because I'll tell you right now, I'll tell you right now, lived with Spence senior year, dude was an animal. Dude was an absolute animal. He has put on probably 100 pounds of muscle. He goes to the gym every day. At one point, Spence was on a diet where he was just eating red meat and fruit, and I was like, dude. Bro was on that carnivore (laughs) shit. Absolutely. And I'm like in the other room, like drinking every night, drinking whiskey, like. Spencer is one of the most ramen noodles. people I know, I would say. Spencer is crazy disciplined. But Spence, I got is, you in a route. Go ahead, E. This, this is a classic battle of disciplined, put my head down and like grind versus psychopath, <laughs> crackhead strength. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if much of you know the Gavin Petty lore. He used to go in his basement, and him working out was picking up five-pound dumbbells and just hucking them things around. He wasn't even doing curls. He was just hucking them around, swinging them. That guy has genetic strength that's been passed down from generation upon generation of petty blood. He's the Genghis Khan of the sleep. He's the Genghis Khan of this fantasy football league. Trent, this is a crazy question. I almost want to say, oh, man. What are the odds? Like, what do you think the odds? Oh, I well, okay. So very, I don't, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but I just, I, I think, I mean, I think, I think Spence would be the favorite. I, that's not to you say that. Spence would be the favorite? I think at this point. Back then, it was definitely Gavin. Also, I remember Gavin, I just remember Spencer gripping onto the netting. <laughs> Gavin, like... Pulling him by the ankles, and Spencer is like screaming. And I, okay. the whole the whole thing started 
because Spencer called Gavin a bandwagon Colts fan again. Uh, like, Say it again. Say it again, Spencer. And Spencer said it again. And then he's like, all right, let's go to the tramp and fight. They go to the tramp. And they're like just kind of dancing around for a little while. Like it looks the like time, Spencer did not even think anything of it. He was like, no, this is Spencer was just having a good time. Then all of a sudden, Gavin like took him down. <laughs> Gavin, there was not an ounce of playfulness in that guy's body at that time. He had one thing on his mind, and that was kill. And I think Gavin can lock in in those moments. And for the sake of being a split podcast, I think I'm going to take Gavin here because, again, Crackhead strength sometimes can beat discipline and it can beat, you know, grinding in the gym every day. Spencer, by the way, I wanted to comment, Trent, you hit the nail on the coffin. Spencer has put on weight. He's put on like that muscle. He's been grinding. Dude is an absolute animal now. I think um, he's the, he's like far and away the most muscular guy in this league. No clue. Right. Isn't that, isn't that good? David. Well, oh shit. Well, yeah. Well, David, David David's, David's an athlete, D1 athlete still he's in college. He's a so. deity. David is a Greek god. <laughs> That's true. That wasn't a shot at David. I just completely forgot. But yes, yeah. yes, yes. Spence is like yoked. I'm telling you. He put yeah. on some put on Spencer if David's a Greek god, Spencer's a Roman god. Oh, Spencer. Nice. <laughs> All right, this podcast, man. Look at where we're headed. Um, but dude, funny question. I Dude, in in that whole story of just how that birthed, talk about someone being a professional button pusher. Spencer used to be such an asshole sometimes back in the day. He used to – I just remember the lunch conversations, bro. Spencer Spencer knew what to ask to make somebody look stupid all of the time. (laughs) It was always about some hella controversial concept because he knew he was going to get a rise out of somebody. And Spencer, he just had that in his vein. He had that in his bones. Like he was, he knew how to push buttons. Okay. I have so many recollections of that. Like wait, it could be a separate episode of just like memory lane, but um, I will <laughs> I'll add this in there. I remember back when Nate was a Saints fan, Nate might still be a Saints fan. I don't know if he's backed off that or not, but like in height in early high school, late high school, Nate was, like a diehard New Orleans Saints fan, like oh, that. Yeah. And I just remember when they lost in the playoffs one year, Spencer texted in the group chat and was like, Saints fans are blowing whistles, trying to throw off the other team. Not classy. Didn't deserve the win. Nate <laughs> was just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it was I'm sweating because I'm laughing so hard. Oh, dude, this is a funny ass podcast, man. This is a good episode. Well, with that, I guess we can move. We're, there's no throne room and doghouse this week. We apologize. It's our midseason special. Midseason um, special. We will go into. We have some midseason awards, and this is gonna this is gonna take another good chunk of time. So we'll we'll get right into it. Ethan, we have to pick a midseason MVP. I'll let you go first. You know, Trent, when I think of the mid-season MVP, I think of somebody who's just day in and day out put in work on and off the app. Somebody that's just in the at practice, in the field, doing what they do best, and that's get better, continue to grow, continue to compile, 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 get wins, get points on and off, and doesn't have a lot of losses to show for it. And for that reason, Trent, you are my mid-season MVP. And I wouldn't say that if I didn't think you actually were, trust me. But your team is a force to be reckoned with. It has never wavered. I mean, this past week was was definitely something to look at. But 
so far in this season, you've proven day in and day out that you are the best team in the league, I would say. So I'm going to say you, Trent. The irony here is that I'm in second place in my division because Trevor took me down when it mattered. So I, for the sake of parody, I had a feeling you were going to answer me, not trying to be cocky. I just had a feeling that's where this was going to go. So I wrote down Trevor because Trevor has beat me head to head with the Lions on the bye this week. I think he's going to go 2-0 against me this year, which sucks. Um, mm. We're not Again, we're not doing predictions this week, but I definitely, I, I don't know. If I win this week, I'll be shocked. I'll say that. I had to pick up fucking Juju Smith-Schuster to throw in my starting lineup this week. But <laughs> I digress. Um, yeah, I mean, Detroit Rocks, I scored 200 points once uh, once upon a time this year. Um, my two losses have come by a combined two and a half points. So that's probably the correct answer. But for whatever reason, I, if I'm like the, those 07 Patriots that had Randy Moss and put up those incredible numbers, Trev's the Giants. Trev gets the, gets the last lap. So I'll give Trev the MVP. Because also Trump does deserve it. Like he, he, the, the two straight losses in a row is, you know, that's, it is what it is, but we're not, we're, we, we also got to, it's a double-edged sword. If we're going to talk about that, we got to give him credit for winning games when Joe Burrow was scoring five points and he was winning games handily. So I'll give the nod to Trev. All right, E, who do you have as your most improved manager slash governor slash GM slash coach slash franchise this season? Now, I kind of took this in a way of what's a team where like usually when you think of somebody like you're not really thinking of a team that's to be feared. But this year specifically, I think they've definitely made some noise. And for that reason, my most improved player so far this year is Mr. Devin Dickerson and the mm. squad. Consensus Quake. Go for Consensus. it. I'll let you drive on it. I picked the same same guy. Go for it. Yeah, I just think Devin's always had a team that's kind of middle of the pack, middle of the road, but I think he's finally getting over the hump this year with the guys he's got. The team he's put together is is they're pretty good, and we've talked our shit about Devin over the weeks to come, but he's finally getting his head back into it, and he's on he's on the uprising. Yeah, it's been a season of up and downs for him. I remember he was in the throne room to start the season. As if that's the, you know, we act like that's the gospel, what we say. Yeah. But it is, damn it. So it he was in there. He's also, he's been in the doghouse, whatever. Uh, I think he's kind of found that 2016 magic touch when he went to, uh, he was just sunning dudes every week. I remember Devin would have beat Nate for one of those championships had Mike Wallace on the Ravens not dropped a pass. Do you remember this? Do you have any recollection oh, of this? No. Mike Wallace had something go through his hands when he was playing with the Raiders. Joe Flacco. Wait, I do remember that. And if Mike, Raiders. if Mike, yes, if Mike Wallace had caught that, Devin would have won the championship. That was the championship game. And oh. Nate, Nate got a ring because of that. So Devin has been knocking on that door. He's been there before. And that's why I kind of teased this earlier when I said, I think he's got to go do something big this year. Cause he's been there and he's got a good team this year. And despite the Kirk injury, I mean, he's proven he can win behind all his dogs like Jamar Chase and Brees Hall. And as we well know, he's also proven he can win without him as a handsome young pundit once predicted but neither here nor there. Devin, most improved. Well done, my brother. All right, and this last award is for the, or I guess not last award, but second to last award is for the biggest disappointment. Trent, who's been the biggest disappointment so far this year? Luckily, this is a meaningless mid-season award. 
But I feel like there, there's literally like two options for this. I'm going to go with Chips Fever, and this is out of love because Chris and I have the classiest rivalry in league history. To this day, there has not been a single nasty or cocky or ill-advised text exchanged between Nort and I. But this has to be the answer because he was a champion just two seasons ago, and he's now one in seven through eight weeks. And like you said, E, he could run the table, still be 500, need plenty of help from other dudes to lose to even make the playoffs, let alone do anything. This feels like when the Panthers lost to Peyton Manning's Broncos, which was really Von Miller's Broncos in 2015, SB 50. And then the Panthers, if you remember, started 0-5 the next season. Like this is just hangover Mm -hmm. upon hangover. It's a delayed hangover. It comes two years after the championship. But to be 1-7, I mean, that's just tough. But again, luckily this is a meaningless award, and I'm just on here talking, spewing. So right the ship, Nort. What you got hopefully, our words, hopefully our words light a damn fire under the, some of these teams, though, because we got to get more competitive, man. And yeah. I, I picked a team who I thought was an obvious play. So maybe this is a team that was like second for you or maybe it wasn't. But I got to give it to Kyle. If we're talking about Super Bowl hangover, we're talking about somebody who just won last year and now is just struggling to find their footing. And the roster just has its constant up and downs. He missed with Devontae Adams, it seems like. But just nothing is going right. He's beaten the bad teams, but he has he doesn't have a big win under his belt. And remember, he won the league last year. Like, he was the team. And now he is quite the opposite. And, Kyle, you've had a disappointing season, but that's why it's halfway, because there's still another half to change. Yeah, I mean, Ethan, you and I going with the two last champions of this league, two most recent champions in this season, they're a combined four and 12, if my math is correct. That's pretty pathetic. But, you know, maybe we should get back to the old Nate Willett 1990s Cowboys days. There you go, Nate. I'll give you some love. I'll give you some sugar. All right, let's round round this out with we (laughs) – I can't even even get through this without laughing. So in the NFL – they have what is called the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award. And per the A-plus source, that is Wikipedia, that award honors a player's commitment to philanthropy and community impact as well as his excellence on the field. So we have named our league's trophy the Cole Barons. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Ann Arbor Antics. In, in honor of, yes, the Ann Arbor Antics ex-manager slash governor slash coach slash GM, Cole Barons. And my recipient for this award, as someone who who is just a great sport, wins and loses with class, always a smile on his face, always a light in this world that can be very, very dark sometimes, I will give this award... At midseason, this is subject to change when we circle around at the end of the year. I will give this award to Mr. Brad Sanders. Jack proclaimed he was the best guest on the podcast thus far when he was on last week. Again, Brad always wins and loses with class. He catches strays at times, too. Never says a word in retaliation. Brad, I commend you. Ethan, who are you giving this award to? I think that's a pretty good pick, picking uh, Brad for the newly, newly founded award, the Cole Barron's Man of the Year. Um, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take my. I'm gonna take my direction over to a manager who has a lot of similarities. Like you said, they win and they lose with class. This specific manager possesses some qualities that a lot of people don't have, and that's the ability 
to be self-deprecating, to be able to look at yourself and say, you know what? I'm bad sometimes and I can laugh at myself, which is something that a lot of people need. It's something that most people want. And I'm going to talk about this manager because he is very generous in the way that he gives wins away. And I am very thankful to have this guy in my division, Mr. Zach Fillmore, somebody who graciously has a smile on his face just as well, does a lot for the community, does a lot for the league but always is always a good sport about everything. So Zach Fillmore is my pick for the Cole Barons man of the year. That's a great pick. Very well said. And by the way, Ethan and I don't compare notes. So this is just off the rip. Hence us picking Devin for the same award. But so I didn't really know who you were going to say there, but as you're describing it, I'm like, if he doesn't say Philly, I'm going to riot. Like oh, yeah. you were describing Philly to a T. We love Philly and- here, man. So as we approach the hour and two minutes, I don't know, it'll be more when we get Gavin's diss track in the mix, but um, <laughs> I will, uh, we're not doing a full rundown of predictions, but Ethan, do you want to maybe give a lock for the week? I think that'd be kind of fun. If you have any- Let's give a lock, a, ma- a matchup lock, a matchup lock. Oh, bet, bet, bet. Yeah. Let me take a look really quick. I'm going to go over to, Ooh, and it's, and it's a big divisional matchup too. I am going to I'm going to stick with the Cole Barons man of the year award and I am going to say Philly over David. I'm going to say Philly over David for my lock of the week. Filipinos beating still in college is my lock of the lock. Very nice. Um gosh, this is tough. This is really tough. We're recording on a Thursday. Full disclosure, Derrick Henry has a dozen points for the Bass Pro Bombers, but I'll take the Dutchman over the Bass Pro Bombers for a couple reasons. I just, Nate, Nate at this point is peaking at the right time. For all the shit I give Nate, he always seems to figure it out at the perfect time. It definitely feels like Nate's a little scary. I know he lost last week, right? Didn't he lose last week or am I going crazy? We Nate talked lost about Spencer, yeah. Yeah, okay. So he lost last week. He's going to bounce back. Give me Nate as my lock to win this week. And with that, Ethan, do you have any famous last words? Any last thoughts? Yeah, man. So look, we this was our mid-season special, and we wanted to make it new. We wanted to make it fresh. We wanted to make it important because this is halfway. Now, I think we're technically a little bit more than halfway, but we wanted to shed some light on the fact that we mentioned in this podcast, we have six regular season matchups left. There is still a lot of time to change things. There's still a lot of time to solidify yourself in this league, but as as Scott Hansen would say, we have entered the witching hour of this league <laughs> where winners turn to winners and losers turn to losers. So anything can happen. You just got to step up to the plate, watch the ball all the way through and pull that MF to deep left center field. You got to be ready to go. Trent, I'll throw it to you. As you said, the clock is ready to strike midnight. It's flirting with midnight. Also, that reminds me, don't forget to fall back this uh, weekend. Daylight savings time ends or starts. I don't even know what it is. I think it starts, maybe. Is that when it starts or ends? Zero clue. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I have no clue. It's a daylight savings deal either way. I think 1 a.m., 1.59 turns back to 1 a.m., I think. That was always electric when you were at the bar in college. And then oh, everyone just everyone just cheers because they got to stay open for another hour. They don't do a time change in Arizona, by the way. They don't do a time change. Do you know that? Do they do, do, they do one in Nebraska? Yeah, Arizona is the only state I believe because Arizona has their own time zone. I don't know. If oh, I knew. Yeah, no, I I did know that because my grandpa lives out there with his fourth wife, and he always talks about how it's so great because it never yeah. snows. 
You don't have to shovel sunshine. The ch- the time never changes. All that stuff. Oh yeah. Cheers. All right. Um, let's close this thing out. Midseason special. Thanks a lot for bearing with us. Easy E. T-Bow. We'll be back at it next week. We just wanted to switch it up this week a little bit. If you guys want to get on the pod, shoot us a message. Shout it Jack, out, man. Jack had a two-hour special with us two weeks ago, and it was fantastic. I want to get and, some voices we haven't heard in a while, man. I want to get some voices we haven't heard yet because a lot of people still got time to come on. Yeah, also, guys, anything goes with this. I have very, very mediocre editing software and very, very mediocre editing skills. But if you send a diss track, I will put it in. If you send a voice memo, I will put it in and put a little Jay-Z, Kanye West, Watch the Throne music bed underneath. If you have an anonymous tip that you would like read on read on the pod, we'll read it for you. Hell yeah. The opportunities are endless. This show is what you make it. Ethan and I just work here. That's my final <laughs> That's good, man. I love it. I agree with everything you just said. This podcast is what we make it. And just guys, feel free. Just don't hold back. Go in on anybody and anything. The world is our oyster. I never quite got that saying, but it felt right in that moment. So good luck, y'all. Week nine. She's a beauty.